Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to Facially Conscious. Hello. I'm still laughing. <laughs> As we, I'm putting cashews in my mouth right before we start. <laughs> Sorry, Julie was um, eating cashews in my ear when we were in silence getting ready to start, and it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Anyways, welcome back. I have to get my energy up to talk about non-hyaluronic fillers. Yes. So um, how are you guys doing today? We're doing, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Very it's well. Beautiful. Thank you. It's a beautiful August and a summer day in yeah, Southern California. It really is. It's a little cooler today. It's Thank yeah, God. It was, a, it was really humid the last few days, which I don't like humid. No, me neither. So I'm not a fan. But I do like summer and it's over, which is sad. But fall is beautiful too. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, Taylor is not here. Yes, I noticed. What happened? Taylor, our beautiful assistant who helps us with all our notes, she'll listen later and fill it in. But um, it's her birthday. And she decided to go to New Orleans by herself. And she is there right now. And she sent us a little video of her eating a New Orleans crepe in the pouring down rain and humidity. And (laughs) it's just Pouring, but oh, she's but having such a good time. Enjoy. Oh, good. Yeah. Tell Happy go birthday, Taylor. Go get yeah, the beignets at the. Oh, Cafe she's du been Monde. getting all mm. the things. Um, she mm. has people who have given her lists of places to oh, go, yeah. you know, all the things she has to eat. <gasps> Amazing. And Is so, she going on a crocodile tour? That's the tour? one thing she said she <laughs> won't do, even though Kristen, my best friend, told her the only thing that I love to send people to and the best thing in New Orleans is this crocodile tour. She's best. like, nope, I've never nope, heard of nope. that. It's Maybe alligator, but it. it's amazing. It's alligator. safe and it's cool. You're like, oh, you're like just jamming down these 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 waterways and you feel like you're in another world. And I have never done that there. They're, they're mellow. They don't jump up into the boat and they eat do you? but they don't they just jump up in the boat because the guy feeds them oh really yeah that's so scary i don't know if i could do it but people don't die no <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> okay <laughs> what about the like the haunted um tours or like the you know the the sort of um well and the jazz of course in new orleans is insane but the you know the the um what am I thinking of? Like, where they stick needles into dolls oh, and they yeah. do, uh, you know, you like know witchcraft. What? You're and... making me want to take my little Ella there. She's like turning 12, and I feel like that's a perfect age to go and experience these so fun, much. weird things that are in the world. And I want to take her there. I love it. To New I Orleans. We and we should support the economy, right? Because they're probably yeah. still, you know, Suffering struggling a little, a little bit mm-hmm. from the. I mean, yeah. that was a long time ago, but. But it's it is, good. I'm, it, I'm sure they're still struggling from that. 
That was intense. Anyways, hi, we're back. So today we are talking about non-hyaluronic fillers, and I just wanted to do a quick recap from our last episode where we talked about hyaluronic acid fillers. So hyaluronic acid is a natural occurring substance that is already found in your skin, right? Yes. And so it helps keep us plump and hydrated. So HA fillers are typically soft and gel-like. The results are temporary. They last like 6 to 12 months and um, or maybe longer depending on what part of the body it is and how well your body, uh, how naturally it absorbs the particles. Um, Most AHA fillers are infused with lidocaine that help minimize discomfort during and after treatment. Is that still true? Absolutely, yes. Okay. And the average cost of a syringe of an AHA-based filler is around $682, to be exact. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where I got that number, but it was somewhere. That sounds about right. Probably across the country. That's the average, yes. Yeah. Much higher in LA and New York, unfortunately, but yes. Right. And so the FDA-approved AHA not AHA. I'm sorry. HA. Did I say AHA? Mm-hmm. Not not alpha hydroxy acid. No. Hyaluronic acid. <laughs> yes. The FDA approved HA hyaluronic acid fillers include Juvederm products, Restylane products, and Bellatero. And now RHA. Oh, RHA. There's so many. Versa. There's so There's many. So I mean, many more. That's the beauty of you know we are re-recording this. Remember because yeah. we didn't have great recording last time and. What was that? Two years ago, yeah. The, the new um, people, the new HAs on the block are numerous, and they're all wonderful. Great. So today we will talk about the other types of fillers, which are non-hyaluronic fillers, and there are a few common ones that are used, like Sculptra and Radius, and there is also a permanent filler called Bellafill. So um, these booses. Why are you hissing and booing? <laughs> I would never use Bellafil. Right, but there are some doctors who use it quite frequently who do a really good job with it for the nose, to be specific. Ooh. Wow. So dangerous. There's Okay, keep going, Trina. You're you doing know great. What? I may invite great. that doctor on this show. That'd be great. To talk about it because he is super skilled and very well known and he teaches it and uh, UCLA and he um, talks all over the country about it. But there are very few doctors who use it and it should be used on the bony parts of the face like the nose or the chin and not in the soft parts of the cheek. It is permanent and you cannot get rid of it. So that is something that we won't spend a lot of time talking about. But Sculpture and Radius, um, let's talk about, let's start with Radius. Do people still use Radius? Yes, they do. Uh, You know, the hyaluronic acid fillers had its own episode because those are the most used and the most well-known and the safest have the like the nice longevity. Radius has nice longevity. It is not a naturally occurring substance in your skin. Mm-hmm. Radius would be considered, the way I used to describe it to patients, would be like crushed up cadaver bone. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of funky. And it's, it doesn't disappear in your skin. It stays there? It's No, no, it disappears. It only lasts one to two years. But then where um, does the bone go? I mean, everything gets dissolved and carried away and it's safe and it's sterile and it's not, you know, there's no risk in terms of like it, you know, causing, you know, infections or cancer necessarily because it's not natural. 
But um, it's super but thick, it must be. It's pretty thick, but it's great. It is great for support. It is great for lifting. So cheeks is done in hands. Those are the big areas that radius is used. It just it's it doesn't have the same favorable um, you know, product description that the hyaluronic acid fillers have. So yes. You will find injectors, great injectors who do lots of radius, and it's done safely and beautifully, um, but you're not missing out if you're just doing HA and, and never doing radius. Uh, so people do radius because it lasts a long time, and it keeps it keeps in the area of the cheeks um, for a long time. Is it dissolvable if you don't like it? Good question. Absolutely not. Oh, so no. all the um, non-hyaluronics are not dissolvable exactly but they're all interesting and so so radius works like the hyaluronic acids in that it supports fills in the fills up volume and lifts sculptra is another filler that works totally differently than all of the ha's or the radius fillers so sculptra is polyolactic acid which is actually um the same ingredient as like a dissolvable suture so hmm. people have had polyolactic acid in their bodies if they've ever had um, underground sutures or dissolvable sutures placed in them after a procedure, a surgery, whatever. So we know that it's safe. It is not naturally occurring, but your body doesn't reject it. It just eventually dissolves it. But the beauty of Sculptra is that it's it's a vol it's a sort of a whole face volumizer. Mm -hmm. Instead of laying down tracks, laying down a blob, laying down um, sort of a a lot of hyaluronic acid that you could feel. Sculpture is injected. It's almost like water when it's injected. Mm -hmm. And as your body breaks it down, it replaces it with its own collagen. And so the the way that they discover this is that, so, so take abdominal surgeries, for instance. Large dissolvable sutures would be placed in abdominal, in an abdominal, <laughs> abdominal <laughs> surgeries. And then God forbid they would need a second procedure, um, which can happen. Um, they could see strands of collagen in the same shape as the suture that was placed. So they mm. said, oh, this is interesting. It's not suture material, it's collagen. Oh, okay. Placing the suture material as your body dissolves it, it actually literally replaces it with collagen. So of course, you know, people are very fascinating and curious and creative. And they said, okay, maybe we can use this in other ways. And one of the ways is that it's, you know, for facial rejuvenation, volume loss, collagen loss, because of course we lose so much collagen as we get older. Um, the way that sculpture is different than like placing a big suture in your skin is that it's like in little tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic particles. Mm-hmm. And it's mixed. It's mixed with water and a little bit of lidocaine. So when you inject it, it's literally like injecting water. Mm. And then as, and those little tiny, tiny microscopic particles of polyolactic acid sit in the air that you place it. And then your body knows to dissolve it and it replaces it with collagen. Mm. So it can be pretty impressive. So, so I have, I think that if I'm correct, um, when you do a sculpture treatment, you have to do it and then it'll kind of puff go down and then you have to do it like a couple more times to really get the the fullness right like Trina, two for or three people, times for somebody who's never had any injections done you sure know a lot that's yes i you're follow totally right. a lot of doctors yeah no you're absolutely right so <laughs> usually you know a vial mm -hmm. is not the same as a syringe of like ha but a vial of sculpture usually has about eight to nine cc's of 
lidocaine water, and then of course the polylactic acid particles. It's about nine cc's for one vial. People can use one to four, sometimes even five vials in the face for pan facial rejuvenation. If you're just doing a temple, you could do probably half of a vial and half of a vial, so one full vial. Mm -hmm. Again, the, the consultation will help people if they really, really want to do Sculptra by looking at your face and seeing your volume depletion, they'll be able to tell you how many vials you will need. So it, But it does take about six months. And you, sorry, you need three sessions. You're right. Mm -hmm. So about three mm -hmm. sessions, four to six weeks apart. You really should do the full three sessions. If people don't do three sessions, they just won't see the, the huge volume improvement and the collagen um, deposition. Um, and then about six months after your third one is when you really can see, wow, my face looks so much more naturally filled. Got it. And so then um, that will last up to two years with the Sculptra that you see that volume. And then, like you said, it's building your own collagen back up. So yep. um, it's it's actually lasting, right? Beyond yes. that. You're totally right. Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it lasts about one, you know, one to two years, like you said. Uh, but again, we continue to age. Mm -hmm. So we continue to have volume loss. I would say it isn't, um, you don't have to decide which filler you're going to have and you can only have that one. We do combination. When we do sculpture, we're often putting in filler of hyaluronic acid as well. And sometimes mm -hmm. at the same time, which is totally fine. Some people do it at the same time. Sometimes we'll have them come back and we'll do HA or we'll do HA fillers before we do the sculpture. But it can be done in a com in combination with all the other fillers. And sculpture is usually done in cheeks or the, the temples, right? Is usually like the sculpture areas? Yes. So temples is a really, really common area to sculpture. Cheeks is a really common area. Jawline, chin, mm -hmm. uh, cannot do it under your eyes, cannot do it on your lips. And what if, would people do it in their forehead for any reason? Forehead is a very risky area to do any filler, which, by the way, we didn't talk about that with hyaluronic acid fillers. So there, there are some high-risk areas. We talked about the complications with hyaluronic acid, meaning like occlusion and causing bad things like stroke and blindness, although rare. There are some high-risk areas, which are also high-risk for sculpture. So if you're going to do fillers, the high-risk areas include glabella, which is in between your eyebrows. You mm. don't really, really ever want to do filler there. You really just want to do Botox there. Mm. Forehead, you really don't want to. Those horizontal lines, for whatever reason, if people don't want to do Botox and they want to do filler, they are so misguided. It's mm. so dangerous. There's so many vessels that can the hyaluronic acid or the sculpture can get into and occlude it. And the nose. So you mentioned Bellafil. The nose is a high, high, high-risk area of occlusion tissue necrosis you know i know these these highly skilled injectors that would never touch these areas mm. and it's just a level of of like um risk like what risk do you want to take on as an injector i personally would never take on that risk i mean if it was a skin cancer that's a different story but so you really don't want any of these fillers in those areas unless for whatever reason it's the only option you're going to the the most skilled person it's not a friday afternoon so god forbid there's a problem you have to be rushed <laughs> to the, oh I don't know, to a, a super specialist. But I know that sounds kind of um, scary, but just be careful mm. in certain areas. So so talking about between the eyebrows, like um, one thing that I tell people and I tell men is if you know, if you let it, men get that deep furrowed brow look. And so sometimes um, men, even if they get Botox. Like if the vertical line between their. Yeah. Yeah. And if they even, like if they let it go too deep, 
before getting Botox, then even if they get Botox, it doesn't take that line away. And so often people get that line injected with filler. And so you want to prevent that from happening. So I tell them, like, if you're starting to see a valley there, then that's the time when you're like, um, if it's starting to show up is when you want to start relaxing the muscles so yes. that it doesn't get deeper. You got it. And I tell women that too. Like if you start, you can feel it and you can see that divot there. That's when, like they say, when do I start getting Botox? When should I start getting Botox? And they don't have any lines. So I'm like, you know, if you start seeing a line appearing and you don't want it there, then start getting Botox. I mean, you're right. So to avoid the need for filler there, which got, like you said, it's a very, yeah, it is a very risky. Which can area, be so. risky. Which and I, so for men who have such a deep line that, you know, they just didn't get Botox early enough to prevent it from getting deeper and deeper and deeper. One of the things I will tell them is, look, if they keep up their Botox every three to four months in about a year, that line will actually be pretty tiny. But yeah. they just can't, they can't do Botox once a year and, and think that that line will disappear. Keeping mm -hmm. up with your Botox, sometimes that, that deep, deep, deep furrow actually does disappear. That's do awesome. people get filler in the glabella? Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. And they do fine. But it's, but risky. it's risky. Right, right. So Sculptra is widely used still. Widely used. So uh, it was originally invented in the, I want to say in the 90s for lipoatrophy seen in HIV positive and AIDS patients because mm -hmm. they would get this really specific li lipoatrophy, which was a nasolabial fold of fat atrophy where the fat would just dissolve. It had something to do with the that disease state. Mm -hmm. And uh, sculpture was invented for that because it was a large area of volume that was being depleted. Mm -hmm. And the fillers just didn't the hyaluronic acid fillers just weren't working? So sculpture was injected. It was done really, really well. It, they gave these men back their face, really. Yeah. And I say men because they were mostly men in those studies. Um, and then it would just became, you know, it spilled over into other areas of aesthetics. Um, it has a resurgence because they've changed the protocol on how to dissolve the hyaluron the sculpture. You can dissolve so, sculpture. Sorry, dissolve it in the in the in the oh, vial before you inject it. So it, when I say it. dissolve, dilute. Dilute. I mm -hmm. don't like to use the word dilute because that makes people feel like they're getting a diluted product. But you have to dilute sculpture. It comes in like it's like powder. Right. So you have to put volume in there. We used to only put four to five cc's of volume in there f ten years ago. There was a lot of nodules, a lot of bumps, a lot of like just occluding the actual um, syringe when we were injecting. It was a problem. Mm. They finally <laughs> decided that they could put more volume in the vial. So now it's eight to nine cc's and it just has this nice resurgence of injectors using it because it's easier to inject, yeah. safer to inject and just works better. Uh -huh. So it was done a long, long time ago. We sort but, of forgot about it for many years. We only focus on the juvederms and the wrestlings of the world, but it's definitely coming back. Okay. Because um, also the hyaluronic fillers are creating a volumized um, cheek filler that is is kind of comparable in time, like can be, last up to a year, right? The hyaluronic yes. ones. And the Sculptra lasts for like two years. Sculptra is like $2,000 because you have to get it injected three times. Let's say in your initial investment and then you to keep it up every year is like another, you know, six, $700, um, $1,000. So when you do the hyaluronic fillers in the cheek for volume that's lasting like a year, that's not as expensive. Well, it is 2002. So it's kind of like, why would you do one or the to the other? Oh, it's such a great question. Sometimes the hyaluronic acid fillers 
aren't enough for somebody. So if, if people have like, or people are very thin, so like low, 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 low body fat, those are really nice people to do sculpture in. Mm-hmm. They just don't have much fat in their face. They they're, they they just they, they would need so many syringes of hyaluronic acid that it would be uncomfortable. It might look lumpy. It might look weird. So sculpture is used for that because again, it's almost like water, mm-hmm. and you're sort of sprinkling in like a bunch of these little tiny uh, microscopic particles of this, you know polyolactic acid. So it's good for the people who have very, very thin face. It's good for small areas like temples. I mean, filler is, hyaluronic acid filler is good for those areas too, but for whatever reason, some of the sculpture feels like it's just getting a, a more global volumization of that area versus like a filler, which can be really strategically placed in like almost like in lines where a sculpture is like you're, you're making a bigger area volumize more evenly. Mm-hmm. Has um, sculpture changed over the years? Because I know people who had it years ago and there weren't many people who were doing it and I know people have had to have it taken out of their faces and now I feel like it's a new material. It's the exact same material. It's just, just we, we put more dil- diluent in there. We, we dilute it more as per the protocol from the company. Um, so it's actually easier to inject and the results are better. But you can't really, like you said, take it out of your face. You can't really take sculpture out of your face because you're just dissolving the suture, the dissolvable suture material, the polyolactic acid, and you're and replacing it with your own collagen. I know people have had lumps from it. Lots of lumps. The nice, the thing about the lumps with sculpture is that they're they're palpable but not visible. So the patient can feel them. Of course, you can feel them if you're looking for them, but they're not really visible unless they make a weird face to show you it. And so those nodules aren't <laughs> terrible. I feel like I've seen them. Sometimes you can see them. That's true. Um, do you do you still get the lumps even though it's like changed in? Um, you can still get the lumps, but the mm. lumps aren't necessarily considered like a bad outcome. It can happen, and mm. there. So after sculpture, typically it's five, five, five. You're supposed to massage it the area for five minutes, five times a day for the first five days. And that can also help disperse a little bit so the lumps are less common. Some people don't do that and they get lumps. The lumps always go away. Mm. And again, a lump can sound like, oh my God, there's a lump. It's really not that big of a deal What's when, it, when it's a sculpture lump. If it's a hyaluronic acid lump, that's a little bit more of a big deal because it can be a little more firm and a little bit more permanent. But eventually the sculpture lumps soften and dissolve. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I used to follow around Rebecca Fitzgerald for like 15 years ago when it was sculpture first came on the scene and um, she was the master of sculpture. She did those lipoatrophy studies. That's why she did a lot of those patients with the the lipoatrophy from HIV. Yes. And so she had created a video that she would go around the country and do lectures on showing how the face falls and the muscle, I mean the muscle, the bone, um, how our face form like goes and how sculpture can, what sculpture does for the face. And she had this whole video and she was so kind to invite me and my facial bungalow staff to come and fed us dinner and had the Allergan rep there and um, showed us her video that she shows it's all over the It's not Allergan that owns it. Now it's Galderma. I don't know who owned it back then. But she had Allergan there oh, for okay. giving us, I think, Botox and stuff. Okay. Like they mm-hmm. provided our dinner well, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking about Sculptra, but then at the end of, she showed us her video and explained to us like fillers and, um, and Sculptra. And then she, at the end, she went around to each person, 
excluding me because I didn't let her <laughs> to me. But everybody else was so excited to hear what she had to say. And she's like, if I was looking at your yeah. face, this is what I would do. And then she did it to everybody who was in my my estheticians, massage therapist, front desk staff. Like they all got everything that they needed. And, you know, because Allergan was there, it was like giving it for free. But she also had sculpture that she did in a, just a couple of people, but she did more like filler and Botox. Mm -hmm. But um, but she used to let me come and just observe. I'd go like once a month and just watch her do sculpture after sculpture after sculpture. And I mean, it was insane mm -hmm. watching the the cannula mm -hmm. like going in and out of the skin and she would just like work so fast and then mm -hmm. they'd have this like plump face and mm -hmm. cheeks and I was like oh my god I mean it's amazing she was really fascinating to watch I think it's a really great filler that is safe and in the right hands it can be such a beautiful natural result which is what we're all going after mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yes so people do um combine sculpture and hyaluronic fillers. Yes. Um, so is sculpture more widely used than radius? Yes, I think I think so. Yes. Uh -huh. And so the most uh, contraindications for those two, radius and sculpture, would be that you can't dissolve them, and they can also get occlude a blood vessel like the hyaluronic acid filler. So, and the the only thing that really doesn't have the potential of occluding would be Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, or Juvo, right? Those those neuromodulators. But all the fillers, there is a risk of, of vascular occlusion. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're right. The, the non-hyaluronics cannot be dissolved. Um, uh, and then let's talk about Bellafil because that's the permanent one, mm -hmm. um, which I, you know, I'd be curious to hear what your, your you know, your your friend, the specialist, um, loves so much about it because why, in my eyes, why would you do a permanent filler when you have all these other fillers that are so safe and so effective? God forbid you have a problem. It is truly a permanent problem. What's the point? Why? Well, um, because he he will do, uh, so it's Dr. Alexander Rifkin, I'll say his name. <laughs> um, he's known for doing non-surgical nose jobs. That is his specialty. Um, he he, he's a face sculptor for sure. He That's all he does all day long is sculpting faces. Uh, he's a true artist. And I actually, back years and years and years ago, went with you to a medical conference where he was speaking. And I thought he was so, like, I loved what he was saying that I asked him for his card afterwards. And I called him and asked him if I could come observe in him with patients and I wanted to see like all this whole filler thing because it was new to me when I started my career and so um and he did Bellafil but it was called Artifil back mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. <laughs> and um and so he was back then f very popular for his nose jobs and stuff like that that he would do on people and chin jobs and he would teach at UCLA to all the the students and he he was a big talker around and he just did it he's very very skilled at it so I would I would go to his office once a month and and observe him and um he was great I stopped doing that once I had a baby I couldn't do so much observing anymore but um but you know he's been doing it for so so long and working with Bellafil I only know one other person who used Artifil back then and he told me he was in our building I can't remember his name right now but I went and observed him one day and um he told me that he would do Bellafil Artifil um 
in people's cheeks. And when he said that, I was like done. I, I never went back and followed it observed him again I just thought I was like what are you talking about why would you ever do that like can you imagine the cheek just falling down and staying there like well that's the other problem with the permanent fillers is that because it's permanent and the other permanent filler is silicone which to me also is super risky and super scary but the the filler will stay and as we age you know, our, our 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 bony loss happens and our fat falls and then the filler is still there and people literally look so crazy that you have this filler there and that's all that's there because the rest of your natural components of your right. skin have fallen. And and then, you know, people should look online and look at the the, the, the complications of Bellafil, Artifil, mm-hmm. because the nodules are, are grotesque. Mm-hmm. The complications are grotesque. Yeah. And again, why? It's your face. It's a filler. It, for, for a wrinkle, I just don't understand. And like, you know, you say, he's great. I love, I know him very well. He's very well respected, but I just per- personally would never choose that for my face. Well, he even told me like most people will never touch Bellafil. Like most people don't. It's too scary. It's too risky. And so that's why there's not a lot of doctors using it. But like I would love to get him on to hear his opinion just on that in general and like how to be so yeah. careful about doctors out there who, who are using Bellafil. Nobody's using it except for him. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard of. Oh, that's so funny. But I'm happy to talk to him about it. I think he's great. I love him. And I think that's really important to have that voice. Um, and yes, please. Hear the other side. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, does anyone else have anything to ask or say about this subject? I don't think so. It's fascinating. There's so much. Yeah. Well, we really should talk about fat super fast. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so yes. the, other, the other non-hyaluronic acid filler is fat. And uh-huh. I give fat a thumbs up. I don't do fat transfer. I don't do um, it's that. It's a surgical procedure for the most part. Well, so you have to harvest it. So you have to do liposuction right. somewhere to right. get it. You know, sometimes pe- it's very easy to find fat on people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not easy to find fat on people. I've heard um, people, doctors taking it from people's knees. Mm-hmm. So they have so little fat, which normally will get it from thighs or abdomen or buttock. This person had so little fat that they had to get it from their knees. What? Then to to inject it into other places I on mean, their face. I mean, there's fat so. on your breasts Yeah, but and breasts your butt. is not a place you do it. Oh. Uh, but no, this woman didn't have it on the buttock. So the but oh. the but so you have to harm. It's your own, you know. So it's safe because it's your own, fat. it's your own fat. Um, it's sterile. It's it's there's not going to be any sort of rejection. Uh, and then again, has to be a skilled injector. But I've seen beautiful results. Like honestly, even under eyes, in cheeks, in certain areas of the face. It's it's. I know someone who did done. it in their lips. Oh. Really? Yeah. That's she not typical. She did her little fat injection. Are you just sure? So maybe she lied. That's that's strange. I don't think uh, lips are a strange place to do Because she told fat. me, she was a friend of mine, and she told me that she didn't do anything to her lips. And I'm like, I've known you your whole life. Your lips are bigger. What did you do? And then she's like, I didn't do any filler, I swear. And then she told me, okay, I did a little bit of fat injection. She had <laughs> her friend who she worked with at the med spa or whatever do a little fat injection. She's like, it's permanent and it was just a little bit and it's never going to go away. So it wasn't really filler. I was like, <laughs> you injected your fat into your lips? Pretty unusual. Is that possible? Pretty unusual. Or is she lying to me? Uh, I mean, let's let's bring her on. And <laughs> so, it, uh, but it is it's a it's safe. It's good. Go to somebody who's reputable. Go to somebody who shows like you Like a plastic of, surgeon? Yeah. 
Mostly. Like a plastic surgeon, um, people who do lipo, just like sometimes it's just it's dermatologists, they do lipo, they also will do fat transfer. It's a very East Coast thing, fat transfer. A lot of the residencies in, in um, New York and um, other East Coast um, programs will teach fat transfer. It's not so so much done in, on the West Coast in the in the residencies, but yes, there are doctors out here that do it and it's, it's safe and really beautiful. And so it lasts take... one to two years, by the way. Oh, it's not permanent. No, it's really not permanent because your body will, I mean, it incorporates itself nicely, but eventually your body will sort of break it down over time. It's not permanent. So then why not just do hyaluronic filler? Why go through all that? It can be a really beautiful, big volumization. Instead of like a sculpture or something. Yeah. And so they they take the fat out. What, is mean, what does it mean when they harvest it? Gra- liposuction it out. Oh. Yeah, literally just take it out. So they do they take it out and then just pull no, it out ha- in a then syringe and then, then inject they, it into yes, your face? Ma'am. No, they don't immediately inject it. They have to put it through. Sometimes they'll treat it with certain things and and uh, you know because I don't do fat transfer, yeah. I really don't know the the intimacies of how they do that. But it's mm-hmm. it's done right at that same time. Mm. So we don't they, have to come back. No. Well, we have Tolly. He'll. I mean, it's part of his surgery now. Oh, lot. really? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a lot of times tell. these fillers, by the way, is a nice thing to just wrap up with is that they're d- also done in conjunction with procedures, surgeries, you know, even hyaluronic acid fillers are sometimes done intraoperatively. Um, so it's, it's a, remember, it's a combination of, of treatments that make people look really good or really, really, really bad. So be conservative right. and go slow. Yeah. I mean, uh, Surgeons are doing a lot more little tiny things um, instead of just like one facelift or one this. They're doing so many little details yeah. of things to make people look the way they do these days. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating, our future. It's amazing. Our children Something will never age. <laughs> Should we do their takeaways? Yeah. Who I, I, can I, I'd like to start with my takeaway. Yes. I thought about it when we talked about the fat. Um Prevention would be key here if you can try and prevent needing all these things. So one of the things I really try to have people do is maintain a really like um, balanced body weight. So if they're if they're really really underweight, that can be really awful for the face because then you don't have fat in the face. If you're really overweight um, and you lose a ton of weight, that can be really detrimental to the the aging process. So just keeping like a nice sort of even body weight is really important. And some people genetically just lose fat in certain places of their body or their face. And it's going to unfortunately be something that they can't prevent. But that, you know, that is something that, that, that they can treat if they want to. But I, I love the idea of just sort of staying in a really healthy uh, weight and also sun protection because the sun really does break down elements like collagen and, and elastin. So protecting with hats and sunscreen can make a huge difference in the fact that you might not need fillers, you know, at a, such an early age. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a takeaway, Julie? I mean, I just think, you know, there's so much out there. I, I think you have to kind of find a good professional and have them recommend, you know, what is appropriate for you and, you know, what, you know, what your volume loss is, your, your, everyone is different. So, um, you know, I think that what we provide is all talking about all these different options. Um, and also know that the um, the non hyaluronic or they're they're pretty permanent. So do your homework so you're not stuck with something. 
So, Julie, I have a question for sure. you because you've gotten filler, obviously, mm-hmm. and you've seen a lot of different doctors, and a lot of these doctors do radius and Sculptra, um, but you've never ever decided to try no. that? No, I don't think for me that I like the idea of something that's that can't be reversed. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, I have a round face. I don't need a lot of um, a lot of volume filling or no. Yeah. No, just just haven't. And I, you know, a few people have asked me recently about sculpture because, like, you know, look, we're all getting older and women are losing volume in their faces. And and sculpture is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of yeah. quiet for a while. But it, it definitely has to be done by the right person. We, and that would be my takeaway is once again, make sure if exactly. you're going to if somebody's telling you to do radius or or sculpture. Just be, who are you talking to? Make sure it's the right person that's doing it. Be very careful because it isn't, you can't take it out. So, um, you know, don't go for a deal. Like, be careful. Maybe get a second opinion. You know, see what different people have to say before you take the plunge when it comes to a non-hyaluronic. I mean, right? Yes. Or just make sure you're going to the right person. (laughs) Exactly. Do your homework. Okay. That's it. That's it for today. (laughs) It was nice chatting to you all. So nice chatting with you all. (laughs) With you all and myself. Just kidding. (laughs) You didn't get the inside joke, Julie? I I did. (laughs) I didn't. Because she says, don't say myself. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) Anyways, I I, I wasn't trained properly in school. I know never too late. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at info at